Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. This one is brought to you by our Brio Plus Beta Hydroxybutyrate Salt Boost. So BHB, Beta Hydroxybutyrate, is the primary ketone body that you produce when you break down fatty acids to use them for fuel, specifically because fatty acids cannot cross the blood-brain barrier, but we need a type of fuel that can replace glucose in a low-glucose environment. So ketone bodies, breakdown product, happens in the liver from a fatty acid. It's a smaller water-soluble molecule, so it can cross the blood-brain barrier. In a low-glucose environment, the brain happily turns to about 70% of its energy metabolism to ketone bodies. If you are new to a ketogenic diet, supplementing with exogenous ketones can help you skip over some of the adaptation phase. If you are thinking about embarking on a ketogenic diet in the future, starting to sensitize your cells with some exogenous ketone bodies can help again when you do implement a ketogenic diet. And if you do not want to do a ketogenic diet at all, totally fine an exogenous ketone supplement that molecule itself, beta-hydroxybutyrate, is a signaling molecule in the body. So way more functions than just an energy substrate. Signals, flips on favorable longevity gene expression. It flips on or flips off, like suppresses appetite at the hypothalamus. It um, increases your ability to like use oxygen to make more ATP. There's all kinds of like benefits in terms of preserving bone mass, preserving muscle mass, like all kinds of good things that go along with, they call it a pleiotropic effect. Um, So multiple signals, multiple outcomes attached to one signal. So the formula we had done in our Brio Plus line is largely a calcium and magnesium beta-hydroxybutyrate salt with a partial sodium in there as well. Um, Assuming that if you're on a ketogenic diet for sure, or doing any kind of athletic training that you're supplementing sodium specifically separately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we didn't overdo it on the sodium in the Brio plus BHB salt, um, but you're getting your calcium and your magnesium in this one as well with only 10 milligrams of sodium. So assuming that you are using salt tablets, salting the bejesus out of your food, maybe using the elements um, to get that, like specifically the sodium right. portion. Cool. I take it every day and I don't even know why. Now I do. <laughs> Now you do. Uh, okay, so we're going to do a three-part series on how to be successful in CrossFit. Yep. We're going to talk about the mentality, kind of the, the frame of mind that you need to get yourself in to do CrossFit forever. Yep. How to get fitter, how to increase your performance. And then we're going to do one on how to um, maximize your genetic potential of your body composition. So how to get leaner, right? basically. So... Being successful in CrossFit, we're going to define that as doing it forever, (laughs) sticking with it Yeah, to be able to do the thing that most people with their exercise programs can't do, which is do it for the long term, make it habitual and forever. Consistency is the key. Consistency, man. So the mentality of how you approach your CrossFit game is going to change and shift. If you're doing this forever, if you're doing this for your lifetime, you're going to go through different phases. So we're going to talk about the mentality involved and how you need to approach it at the different stages that you're in, in your CrossFit journey. Yeah. I hate that word, but (laughs) in your journey of CrossFit. So (laughs) let's start right at the beginning. The noob. The noob. Super noob. Brand new to CrossFit. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrified. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) probably 
the most common mental state is yeah. terrified, petrified, afraid, yeah, intimidated. What have I got myself? What into? am I doing? Yeah, that would those would probably be the words yeah. most people would use to describe yeah. how they feel about their first. Um, what are we going to call the noob phase? The first zero to three months. Yeah, it's basically the learning phase. Yeah, yeah. So I think how to approach it properly. You're going to be learning. You're going to be learning. Yeah. Priority number one is just mechanics. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta be patient. We always talk about a child learning to walk, right? When a, when a child first learns to walk, they fall down a million times and that's just the learning process, right? Mm -hmm. You rarely have a kid who just stands up and starts walking. Yeah. And as adults, we do something and we fail and we're like, well, I suck at this. It's like, well, yeah, that was the first time you ever tried it. Mm -hmm. It's going to take some time. You got to learn how to walk. Yeah. A so, baby doesn't try to stand up and stumble and fall down and go, I don't think this is for yeah, me. This isn't, <laughs> we would all just be sitting as so, humans if we gave up that early. Yeah. So I think the mindset that helps you facilitate your learning is just to be kind to yeah. yourself. Be forgiving. Yeah. You're learning. You're new. Be cool. Yeah. Um, treat yourself the way you would treat another person if they were learning, which is with some patience and yeah. kindness and extend yourself the same care. Yeah. Generally when you're brand new, just showing up is winning, yeah. right? You're, you're taking on something you've never done before is terrifying, but you're being brave, right? Mm -hmm. Bravery isn't the lack of fear. It's doing something even though you're afraid. Mm -hmm. So yeah. just showing up is, is a win. Yeah. So, um, celebrate the fact that you're showing up consistently, make that your goal. Um, be kind and forgiving to yourself as you're learning you're, it's okay to make mistakes. Yep. If we start with one weight on the bar and we peel some weight off, you didn't fail. You're not a loser. You yeah. just, we're just learning, right? Yeah. And it's like. And the coaches are learning too, right? Uh, a coach needs to figure out where an athlete is and what kind of weights they're going to use. And that takes some time as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you nail it. And then sometimes you go too light and you're the first one done by 50%. And you're just like, oh, well, that was easy. And then sometimes you, the last one done or we have to strip weight off or whatever. And that's yeah. just part of the process. So I think the major pitfall in the, the new athlete phase is getting hung up on their own insecurities. Yeah. And so that's like the big phrase that every CrossFit gym uses is check your ego at the door. Yeah. And that's so true. And we maybe say it too much to the point that it loses its meaning. Yeah. What we mean is don't come in here with big expectations for what you can do yeah. or being too hard on yourself if you can't or thinking you have to be able to do something that you just, you haven't earned yet yeah. or any of that kind of stuff. So I think when people come in with a lot of fear mm -hmm. right, or intimidation, what, what is that really based on? They're like, I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid in front of other people. Yeah. You're not. No one cares. No. Everyone knows you're new. I'm, I'm afraid I can't do the things that other people can do. They look around the room and they go like, oh, people get really down on themselves because they're yeah. like, I can't do what those other people are doing. You're like, yeah, but they've been here for seven years. Yeah. So, you know, just be patient. When you've been here for seven years, you'll probably be able to do yeah. those things. So don't set your, your benchmark comparisons at an unrealistic yeah. level. The um, other, the other side of that is there's the people that are deathly afraid. And then there's the people that come in overconfident <laughs> and their ego gets destroyed the first time they do something they think they're good at. We've had runners come in and they do a workout like Helen or Karen or, or sorry, Kelly and it's running with something else. And they come in, they're like, oh my God, I thought I was a good runner. It's like, yeah, you're good at long, slow distance running on your own. But as soon as we throw something else into the mix, it's completely different mm -hmm. stimulus. So people will come in and be like, I'm pretty good at pull-ups. But it's like, yeah, but you've never done 
CrossFit style. I've never done a hundred for time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's different. Um, I think the biggest tragedy is when a perfectly capable person psychs themselves out yeah. of doing CrossFit just because of their own shit they have between their ears. When they would be perfectly capable of training and benefiting from the program, there's absolutely no physiological reason why they couldn't yeah. do it. They just psych themselves out of it. Yeah. And that sucks. That breaks my heart when that happens. Yeah. Ah, if you just get out of your own head and just, you know, enjoy the process and be here to learn and yeah. try hard and you'll get a little bit better every day. Um, yeah. So I'll always remember one woman we had who came in for her first workout after doing her foundations and it had running in it and she did everything and then went out for her last run and we never saw her again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she just disappeared and we like checked the bathrooms and we were like what happened to this woman we like emailed her we called her we tried to get in contact with her and it was just nothing so either a bear got her on the <laughs> run somehow or she was just like you know what nope i'm not doing Jesus. this yeah it was crazy it was crazy that yeah and she was perfectly capable the she long, absolutely could have yeah. done it she was the long lost runner yeah <laughs> she's still running still running <laughs> she's <laughs> down with forrest gump <laughs> Okay, so we get over the hump of, of starting CrossFit the first, first few months. You few make months. it through your first few months, you're probably going to stick with it for a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. So the first one to two years of doing CrossFit yeah. is so fun. Like the glory days. Oh, so fun. It's like <laughs> PR after PR after PR. You just see yourself getting better and better and yeah. better at all these things and acquiring more skills. And it's so validating yeah. because you're, you're getting this like external validation of your progress like yeah. all the time. I find it now as an aging CrossFitter really fun to be around those people. I yeah. love it, right? It's like you get to live vicariously through those people as they have yeah. that super fun time. Um, so I would say what's the major pitfall in the first couple of years is probably your worst enemy is your own enthusiasm. Yeah. So I have taken to calling it these snakes and ladders of fitness. Yeah. People get really into it and enthusiastic about trying new things and new skills and whatever, but they get too hung up on like the sexy moves, jumping straight to like butterfly pull-ups and handstand push-ups and trying muscle-ups and mm -hmm. squat snatches and things when they cannot do a good strict pull-up. They don't have good push-ups yet. Yep. They don't have strict ring dips. They can't overhead squat well. <laughs> you know? yep. So it's like there is a point where you, you have to maybe slow yourself down. Yep. You got to do your time in some of the boring stuff yeah. in your mobility, your base of strength, you got to do your time. All of these movements are a skill and you don't just start doing them. You have to learn the, the, the basics. You have to build the foundation mm -hmm. and then you learn, have to learn how to safely and effectively do the movement. So mm -hmm. step one of a handstand pushup isn't just kicking up onto the wall and trying a handstand pushup. That's going to work for some people, but those people probably through previous experience have already built up a foundation without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. But then you'll have some people, they kick up and they just drop themselves on their head. And yeah. then what? Yeah. You know? So if you guys remember that game snakes and ladders where you could like take the ladder up and you could like skip a bunch of the, the game board, but then you would hit the snake and then it would be like, Wah, and it would take yeah. you all the way back down. That's the snakes and ladders of CrossFit. If you try to ladder up and just skip over, I'm not going to work on developing my pulling strength. I'm just going to fling myself over the bar, yeah. you know, with a wildly dynamic movement, like a kipping or butterfly pull up. Uh, guess what? You're going to end up with a shoulder injury. Yeah. That's how that ends. There's a, you know, you're going to end up with a rotator cuff or a slap tear or a bicep tendon problem because you didn't do your time yep. to build the base before graduating to the 
sexier moves yeah. <laughs> than and then, higher skill. And moves. then once you've built that base, that foundation, you still have to learn the proper way of doing it. Mm-hmm. The first few years of doing muscle ups, I would kip with a bent arm and it worked fine for me. You know, I would straighten it and then I would bend it and then I would kip and then I would do my muscle up. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I started seeing somebody about my shoulder because I had a bicep tendon tear and it was a hundred percent from doing that bent arm kipping muscle up. So and I had to relearn the movement, which was even harder because then now you're, you're breaking down bad habits. And for the record, who <laughs> told you the whole time that that was poor technique? Don't remember. She was very <laughs> short. <laughs> I do remember being like, those are garbage reps. You shouldn't move like that. And you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. And then it's fine till it's not fine. Yeah. And then now you have, yeah. you have a problem. And I fixed it. And you did, but you had to, it's worse and more work to yeah. do it later once you've hurt yourself to unlearn and relearn better mechanics than if you had just taken the time to do it properly in yeah. the beginning. I'm giving you a hard time, but I've absolutely done the same thing. Yeah. The chicken wing bar muscle up. Flinging myself over the rings um, in the early days of CrossFit when I absolutely had no business doing anything on the high rings, was nowhere near strong enough, but just could like, I was quite flexible and fast and so could just like wham myself over and yeah, yeah like and just, we, and it hurt. We've all been there. Yeah. It's, it's like I've done things I wasn't ready for. And I've let people do things they weren't ready for. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. It's just, but it's just that's what risk is, right? It is, it's just yeah. higher risk. So yeah. now we try to use the wisdom of mistakes, mm-hmm. try to save people from themselves. So, And it's amazing how people have to learn that for themselves. You yeah. know, as a coach, you can be like, ah, I don't know if you should do that. And they're like, I'm going to do that. And then you do it and something bad happens eventually. And then you're like, ah, shit, I shouldn't have done that. I told you so. Yeah. Okay. So we got over the, the initial phase uh, we've had a couple years of like super fun progress yep. in CrossFit, you know, maybe had to like hold ourselves back a little bit to do it properly. At some point that progress levels off. You don't just keep infinitely getting better forever in some yep. linear fashion. Obviously there's a ceiling to the gains you can get across yep. the, the span of your life. Yeah. So the truth before we move on that whole process the most important thing to remember is the focus should be on comparing yourself to who you were before, what you used to be able to do versus what you can do now. Like that's such a important part of it Mm -hmm. because you're still in that growth phase where it's like, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It only matters how much better you are now than you were a few months ago or a year ago. You versus you. Yeah. Former you. So now we get to the next phase. We're leveling off in the PRs and the gains, mm-hmm. we're going to call this phase. Now you're the lifer. Yeah. Now you're doing this for life, but it's not going to come with as much external validation as it used to. Yeah. You're not going to get that like PR after PR after PR thing happening. Yeah. So you have to have a different mindset. You have to be more firmly grounded in why you're yeah. doing CrossFit. Why? And I hate this phrase. It's so <laughs> cheesy. You have to find your Why? But like you do. It's, it's like bad when you say it like that. <laughs> it's, I hate that you stuff. Find your why. Hey, it's fine. Flaky phrase. Okay, so it's fine. You got to find your why. You got to know why you're doing this. So what role in your life does fitness in a community setting fulfill for you? Is it high intensity exercise is what you do to manage your mental health because you have a very emotionally taxing job, right? We have lots of first responders and healthcare workers and stuff that will tell you for sure that, that this is the thing that keeps them sane. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I'm here to do this for my mental health. Maybe um, you're like, oh, I just, I just generally want to be fit enough to like 
go snowboarding with my kids or be able to go on a hike or, you know, go wakeboarding or whatever the other things you like to do. You just want to be generally fit and capable enough to be like a fully active participant in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. keep yourself grounded in that. Um, and then like social connections. Yeah. Right. Like if, if the gym is a, a positive, healthy social environment for you, yep. different than, you know, going for wings with your buddies or other ways that are maybe like not as supportive of your health. A little bit more counterproductive. <laughs> more counterproductive. I think um, humans are definitely social creatures. Yep. Um, to the point that like solitary confinement is considered like cruel and unusual punishment. Um, you know, that it's like so detrimental to a person's like physical and, and psychological health. Yeah. Um, people are not meant to be alone. And I think loneliness is like a huge problem. Yeah. Now people don't have solid social communities. Yeah. And I think that that's always been my favorite and biggest difference between going to a gym and going to a CrossFit mm-hmm. is that very few people talk to each other. Yeah. You mostly just look at yourself or kind of look at other people, but you know, like nobody really like hangs out. No, it's not. It happens sometimes, but not nearly as much. Whereas like a small CrossFit gym, like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know? The thing is the community. Yeah. And you're in a community of like-minded people. Yep. You kind of need just like an excuse to get together and do something. Yeah. And the thing we get together and do is work out. You know? And back to the like, be kind to yourself thing, right? Sometimes you'll do one of those workouts and you'd be like, oh, that was terrible. I really shit the bed on that one. And then you'll have four people come by and be like, good job. That was awesome. And you're like going so fast. And you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. You know, can turn it around a little bit for yeah. sure. Um, I think the the pitfall there could just be like complacency. Yeah. Where you kind of get into a bit of a rut where you've, you've stopped approaching it as a way of challenging yourself. And you're just kind of like, ah, oh, these are the weights I do. And this yeah. is how fast I go, which I don't mean to like be judgmental about that. It's fine. Yeah. If, if you're fine with that, right. As yeah. long as you know, this is the place, this is the role it fulfills in my life. Yeah. Um, and Maybe I'm, I'm getting what I want out of it. Yeah. If you're in maintenance mode, you're like, this is where I want to be. I'm happy with what I currently have. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to maintain then. Yeah. Your thruster weight is your thruster weight and your whatever yeah. back squat up to this weight. No more. Yeah. And if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And yep. if you're happy with what you've got, awesome. And if you're like, I could be fitter, but I would have to train more or try harder or, you know, take more risks. And you're yep. like, no, I don't want to do that. That's fine. Right. Yep. <laughs> I don't think that all of us need to be on some pursuit of making the CrossFit games or something like, yep. um, so I think the main thing once, once you get over and you don't have all of that, like, like we said, from the PR after PR phase, and now you're kind of like, oh, but you have to be strongly anchored in why you do yeah. it. What you're, what is the benefit you're getting out of it? There's more to it than just a PR. Yeah. Yeah. So from those first couple years of CrossFit, going the way of the lifer is kind of option A. Yeah. We might also go a competitive route where yeah. you're like, hey, maybe I'm actually kind of good at this, and mm-hmm. maybe I want to push it and pursue like max out my genetic potential of how good I can get at this. Yeah. So. The, the kind of lifer mode is one way and then the competitive crossfitter is another way. Yep. So where you were saying in the beginning, you should really only benchmark against yourself. Yeah. The, the sport of crossfit in the beginning is you versus you. Um, if you're going to take it in a competitive way, you're going to have to benchmark yourself against other people. Yeah. And you're going to have to be okay with facing how you stack up yep. with other people. Yep. That is a tough thing to keep a good mindset about it is yeah. so 
if what you're getting out of being a competitive CrossFitter is proving that you're better than other people, that's a, that's a negative path. And I've seen that and it doesn't work out well in the long term. It's going to be short lived. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough emotional roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Versus if you're like, I want to pursue the best possible version of me. Yeah. And I'm going to put, put myself out there to, to test it. Um, but if like, say you give it your very best effort of training and you control all your variables and you yep. perform the best that you're like, that was the best I can do on game day and you finish 15th, yep. then if you're anchored in the right mindset, you're like, cool, that's as good as I am. Yep. I'm the 15th fittest yep. versus if you feel disappointed, like that whole year of training wasn't worth it because mm-hmm. you didn't place on the podium and now you're like disappointed in it versus being like, Hey, I got myself to my maximum potential and I'm happy with where I'm at. And that's the best I can do. Yeah. The same outcome can be, you can be happy about it or you can be miserable about it. So you have to just control what you can control. Yeah. Your locus of control needs to be internal. Yeah. Control all your variables, your own training, recovery, sleep, nutrition. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yep. There's so (laughs) many variables in competition and leading up to competition, you could get sick a week before Mm -hmm. Ian was going to go to the CrossFit games and he tweaked his back a few weeks before. Right. Um, you could be on the field and the sled you're pushing is on wet grass and all the rest of them are in the sun and they're on dry grass and and they're just easier to push. Or maybe your judge is just extra tough and the other judges are really slack. There's so many variables that you have no control over. Mm -hmm. And if you get hung up on, I would have done better if it wasn't for that, you're, it doesn't matter. Doesn't like matter. those things, you can't change those. Yeah. You're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. And you can't control what other people are doing, how nope. they're training, how fit they are, what their genetics are, what their situation is. Yeah. And if someone turns out to be fitter than you, you need to be like, good for them. Yeah. Great. Yep. <laughs> you know? Uh, so that's like a really, that's a really tough thing to stay in a good, a good mindset. It is. In competition. Yeah. Um, or you end up just getting really negative and really burnt out on the whole thing. And then often just quitting altogether. Yeah. If you can't be the best all the time, then you end up just quitting. Yeah. So the, the pitfall other, there is, um, externalizing your focus too much versus keeping it internal. Yeah. The other thing with, with competition that can be a, a risk is like overreaching your own abilities or maybe starting to do things to give yourself the competitive edge. Right. Mm-hmm. There's been people that have busted for performance enhancers CrossFit games and I remember one girl she was just like I was willing to do anything it took to to -hmm. do the best I could at the CrossFit games and then you're you're sacrificing your you know your health and your you know career when you get busted yeah (laughs) yeah 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 I I think that's a good point too that if you if your focus is entirely external and your whole goal is to just see your name higher on the leaderboard than other people and you don't care about any internal value of the pursuit and and the um the value that that gives you yourself in enjoying the process. Yeah. That yeah, that leads you down that kind of dark path of like, well, maybe I'll just like shave these reps a little bit or maybe I'll short this range of motion and see if my judge notices or maybe I'll put this potato camera 50 feet away across the room so no one can see the low quality of my movement <laughs> or um you know, it just it leads you down the yeah. the cheater path, right? Cuz it's yeah. like you're going to do whatever you need to do to get the thing out of it that you want, which is to see your name higher on the leaderboard. Yeah. And you you have no internal moral compass to go like, well, 
if you didn't earn it, mm-hmm. why, why do you even care to see your name higher on a leaderboard if you didn't earn it? But yeah. it's because you have your, your priorities anchored in the wrong place. Yeah. All the way up to the point where <laughs> a guy in the master's <laughs> category one year submitted an entirely fake video yeah. of a workout. He recorded the first, it was like a 10 round workout. <laughs> he recorded the first round, like in the dark, like real far away. And then just <laughs> looped the video 10 times and submitted that. And, and gave himself the fastest score in the world. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, man, what are you doing? I remember Pat Sherwood on the games <laughs> update show being like, we make movies here. Yeah. Like, do you think that we're not going to, catch on to your like amateur level, like video editing, how you looped it together yeah. 10 times. So just like absolutely ridiculous shit that people will do complete cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing another guy who would, he would do some reps and then when he would get tired, he would go and pause the camera <laughs> and then the camera would restart and the timer would be like four or five seconds different than it was like half a second ago. <laughs> and then he would be back at it and then he'd get tired again and he'd go, and he like didn't even edit him pausing the camera out. It was, you could see him reaching over for the camera. It was hilarious. This guy, at least he like was bottom of the pack. He was just like, you know, he yeah. wasn't trying to win. Yeah. It was, it was funny. Yeah. So if you're going to go competitive CrossFit, you have to enjoy the pursuit, enjoy the pursuit, train with integrity, train with integrity. That's yeah. our, I mean, we talked about that on our second episode of like our three principles and you know, number three is leave no doubt yeah. in your own mind or in the minds of anybody else that like yeah. you did all the work, you tried as hard as you could train to be the best version, version of, you of you you can. And if you happen to be one of the best in the world, that's awesome. And if not, at least, you know, you achieved something, you achieved making it to the like highest level of performance that you can. Yeah. So, whether you ever go down the road of, of being a competitive CrossFitter, maybe you go straight to just being a lifer. There's often a time I'm going to call it the post competitive phase. Yeah. It's basically a time now when you're not as fit as you once were. And it, it could be, you're not training like a competitive athlete anymore. It could also happen when you're coming back from an injury, maybe a prolonged you know, vacation trip, traveling, work gets busy. Maybe it's pregnancy. Yeah. When not only are you, you know, getting the same scores you always get, now you're less fit. Mm-hmm. So one of the benefits of CrossFit is we keep score. Yeah. So it's very validating. It's very motivating. It's very like based in real measurable outcomes, which is great when things are going great. And it sucks quite a bit when yeah. things are not going great. And you are aware of exactly how much less fit you are than you used to be when you know exactly the weights you could move or how fast your time was or whatever. And now you have to face the reality that you're not as fit as you once were. Yeah. I have been through that. Yeah. So have I, uh, still in it. (laughs) (laughs) Like like I live there now. I live in the post competitive phase. Yeah. Uh, definitely struggled with the, the mentality of like coming to terms uh, Mm -hmm. with that factor with my fittest peak performance days behind me. Right. That's not an easy thing to like wrap your head around. Yeah. Um, again, you have to learn to enjoy the process. Yep. You have to come up with an, a new why, you know, you got to stay anchored in like, okay, why, why do I do this? Or go through the thought experiment of like, what if I didn't do this at all? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. What if I don't do CrossFit at all? And now I'm just completely out of shape. Is that a reality I would prefer? Well, no. Yeah. So would I rather do like mediocre CrossFit or no CrossFit? Well, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, it you let go of the 
the external validation, the PRs and the placings and the competitions and all that kind of stuff. Yep. You have a different why with places. Yeah. And, um, and, and sometimes you need to, you just may need to adjust things, right? To help you with that mental switch. Like maybe you don't time a workout anymore. Pat mm-hmm. Sherwood, who runs Lynchpin programming, I love what he started doing recently where he'll say like five rounds for time or not. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, you can you can still do the stuff and not worry about what your time was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will avoid things like Fran because they're like, okay, I've done Fran eight times. The fastest I've ever done it is whatever. And I know I'm going to be minutes off of that. So I don't need to do Fran anymore. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other options I can do that will get that same stimulus that will help me be fit, but it doesn't have to be that specific thing that's going to make me feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe you just don't keep score yep. for a while, which is, I mean, that's not a great mentality because then you're just hiding that from should, reality. That but, should be a temporary uh, yeah. get back into the swing of things sort of thing. If it gets you over the hump where yep. you're like, okay, I just, I know I need to work out. I know it's going to make me sad if I look at the score, so I'm just not going to look at the score for a bit yep. until you kind of get your wheels spinning your engine rolling in in the new direction um the good thing is is if you do that for a little while and then come back to keeping scores you no longer have to worry about your like pre-injury or pre like back in the competitive days Mm -hmm. things it's like okay well since i had this baby the last time i did a back squat one rep max i was only whatever 135 pounds but now i'm back up to 165 so again you're like you're making progress and you can actually see yourself improving Mm -hmm. which is kind of like being back where you yeah first started and like be real you you don't get what you haven't earned yep and so I used to train multiple times a day hours yep and then I was stronger than I am now yep I'm not that strong now I don't train that much I have I don't have what I haven't earned yep and so it's just a choice do I want to train multiple times a day three hours a day now no I don't so if I don't want to do the thing I'm not going to get the results mm-hmm. and just own that right yeah. If I wanted to train more, I could probably get stronger again. I don't want to train more, therefore I don't. So Yeah. Just it's everything's just a choice and you've you made your choices and you just own the result. Yeah. But then also, so that kind of like on that thread of being a competitive CrossFitter, you're you're pedal to the metal, mm-hmm. pushing your body hard. Oh yeah. In a way that you can't do that forever. No. No competitive athlete does that forever. Yeah. The career lifespan of CrossFitters is like 10 years is a long time, right? Yeah. There's a few superstars that have been at it for a long time and everybody goes, whoa, like, yeah. but most humans are mortal <laughs> and can't train that way. Yeah. Especially, so if we said at the beginning, we're talking about doing CrossFit for life forever. There's going to come a point where you don't train twice a day anymore and you yeah. don't train a super high volume. You just can't, your body won't do it anymore. Yeah. So then we've kind of discovered now you're 43, I'm 38, that like we're not going to train that much volume, A, because we don't have time, and B, because we can't physically handle it anymore. Yeah. Therefore, we're going to have to get more of, we're going to have to focus more on the other variables that go into your fitness. Yeah. Nutrition. Yeah. That was a big one for me. Mm -hmm. I remember being younger and I could eat like all the carbs and I like couldn't gain weight. You Mm -hmm. know, I was just a skinny guy and it was like, so hard. I used to blend up oats and peanut butter and bananas and like whole milk and like drink this, you know, 1500 calorie smoothie. And I still just like didn't gain weight. And now I'm 10, 13 years, 13 probably years older. 
and I have to be super careful with my carb intake and mm-hmm. I have to be cautious with what I'm putting into my body. You know, certain foods will like make me phlegmy and gross that never used to. And mm-hmm. it's just, I've noticed for me, the older I get, the more of a factor nutrition is. Mm-hmm. And then as well, just like paying attention to what my body is telling me. Yeah. You know, you can't really battle through the eight like yesterday. My knee was just a little off on the workout and I just switched it up. I switched to deadlifts instead. So I didn't worry about waking up today with a, a problem. Mm-hmm. I th- so through your nutrition, you can, and we'll talk about this in our, in the third of the series about like how to get lean, like optimal body composition, but just like the high level overview with your nutrition in what you eat and the timing of when you eat it, you can tilt your hormonal profile, mm-hmm. your hormonal milieu towards preserving or even building muscle mass. So you can increase testosterone, you can increase growth hormone, you know, you can decrease your catabolic hormones and that sort of thing. So you can play with some intermittent fasting. You make sure you eat enough good quality red meat animal protein. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I'm a big proponent of like a cyclic ketogenic diet. Ketones are particularly beneficial for like building and preserving muscle and bone health. Yeah. Um, so lots of different nutritional strategies that help you build and get stronger, right? And maybe there's different types of fats you can eat that increase mitochondrial biogenesis. So you have more mitochondria, the energy powerhouse of your cell. You can do more work. Yeah. So instead of having to do hours and hours of zone two cardio, you just can change the way you eat and get a similar physiological benefit. Or maybe other strategies like cold plunge or sauna or yeah. um, obviously sleep you know, huge proponent of sleep as well. Sleep is the world's greatest performance enhancing drug. So maybe you don't need to work out 14 times a week. Yeah. Maybe you need to work out five times a week and get nine hours of sleep Yeah, and pre- spend your time on that. Spend your time on your sleep hygiene yeah. rather than training, training, training all the time. The cool thing about the CrossFit method, and, and they talked about this quite a bit in the master's course online, um, is that the traditional medicine view of aging was that it was just a downward trajectory. There was no way to escape it. No matter what, you're going to get worse and worse and worse until you eventually die. And they're now showing with research with CrossFitters that you can still see improvements in your 40s and 50s and you can prolong the descent. Eventually it will descend for sure. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to how high and how hard did you push it early on, right? If you were a games level athlete, you're not going to be better when you're 50. That's just impossible. But if you were a guy like me that just went to the bars and drank (laughs) a lot and didn't sleep well and like kind of worked out, but not really like, yeah, I can be fitter. I'm fitter now than I was in my twenties. So it's not that the age is the end. It's more just what's the best way to approach it so that you don't burn out and you don't hurt yourself and and you can do it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Another um, opportunity I think you can view in the post, let's say injury or pregnancy, like coming back after something, it is an opportunity to start fresh from scratch. Yeah. And if you, all of us, you know, we were just talking about, oh, if I could go back again, I would have built more of a base. I would have you know, mm-hmm. not flung myself over the rings on muscle ups when I wasn't strong enough yet. Well, guess what? It's like a time machine. You get to go back and start yeah. over again. You get to rebuild or build the way you wish you would have. And yeah. so after I had Dash, like a little over five years ago, I had a really rough pregnancy, rough delivery, rough recovery from my C-section, all that kind of stuff is not awesome. But I went back and rebuilt my squat from scratch, like my air squat, yeah. like videoed my feet 
and my balance in an air squat and started there and rebuilt and rebuilt my core stability from scratch, like from negative, (laughs) from not even scratch, from negative in a way that now my back is healthier than it ever was. My ability to squat, you know, in the last episode we were talking about using weight belts and stuff. I almost never do anymore because I, as much as it sucked at the time, had the opportunity to rebuild better yeah, and to come back better. So in a lot of ways, I'm not as objectively strong or, you know, maybe PRing certain workouts or anything, but like I'm all around in better condition for the long term to do CrossFit for the long term. Yeah. I've like basically no injuries. I'm, you know, hormonally healthy and well-balanced, not like overdoing it on cortisol or yeah. poisoning my gut microbiome by taking a leave all the time to deal with how sore my joints are and like, you know, a lot of sacrifices that you make that are not supportive of your long-term health. So. Yeah. Every bad situation is an opportunity in disguise. Yeah, exactly. So coming back from, from something that set you back can view it as an opportunity. Yep. What's the line where they say, just when you think you've mastered the basics, it's time to go back and start over this time paying closer attention. Yep. I believe that's a Greg Glassman quote from somewhere. I think so. Yeah. I took that one to heart. Yeah. With, when I rebuilt in the, like five years ago, yeah. this time paying closer attention. Yeah. Is your air squat perfect? Is your deadlift perfect? No, nobody's is, right? Yeah. And perfect doesn't necessarily mean the heaviest lift, right? It, no. it means like, how well do you move? How does it feel? There's, there's mm-hmm. plenty of other variables you can address instead of just like, I lifted this amount. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Lots of different phases to go through. Mm-hmm. Anybody that sticks with it is going to go through them. Yeah. The important part is mindset in yeah. all of them. You know, how to make the best out of each of these phases. The long-term goal should be maintaining your health and fitness through your life. Mm-hmm. If you have pitfalls, there's ways out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how all in how you attack it. Yeah. I think the common theme between all of those is check your ego. Yeah. Stay focused on the internal, what you can control. Yeah. And then have a strongly anchored why of yeah. why you're doing this. Why, why is it important to you? Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So next up, the next episode, we're going to talk about how to get fitter, how to increase your performance. See you in the next one. See ya.